Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Well, Rodessa Jones has been bringing a passion for social justice to her work for decades. She created the Medea Project, theater for incarcerated women more than 30 years ago, and she's continued to work in prisons and on reentry projects and recently performed in a play that took on climate change. And joining us now is, uh, well, the inimitable Rodessa Jones. We're going to actually bring her on shortly. Um, I think actually maybe before we bring her on, we're going to go for a cut quickly, uh, if we could. This is um, from a production she did uh, at Harvard recently at the Center for Hellenistic Studies at Harvard. And uh, I'd like you to just hear this. Mama Pearl, did that lady really kill her baby? And because of some crack? I just don't understand it. She did it, trust me. But it wasn't because of no crack. It was because of that man of hers. Yeah, if the truth be told, she smothered that baby to get even with him for leaving her. Well, the name of the Medea Project emerged out of the stories you heard uh, that Rodessa heard listening to women in San Francisco jail day room. And the stories were told uh, in this one woman show that she did, which many people know, Big Butt Girls, Hard Headed Women. And uh, let's, uh, I think we have Rodessa on the line now. Rodessa, are you there? Good morning. Yes, I am, Michael. How are you? I'm okay, and delighted to have you with us. Uh, I just heard that cut from that uh, extraordinary performance that you did at Harvard with the Hellenistic Studies show. And, of course, Medea goes right back to Hellenism and, and to Greek tragedy. And um, one of the things that I was struck by was just how steeped you have been your whole life, even going back to uh, your childhood in Greek tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? You know, I as I say, you know, as I said, uh, we were just given all these books because my father had so many children. So the farmers from all around would just bring boxes of books and they had these, these gorgeous uh, uh, copies of uh, Greek tragedies. And it was like, we started reading them like in the wintertime in upstate New York. Like, what is this? The pictures were beautiful. And here I am. But I think as a, uh, a social activist and as a, a director and a teacher in, in, uh, in the lockdown, when I worked there, it's, I found that the Greek, tragedy, Greek myth, myth, mythology is a way to hang the individual, an individual story that sort of encompasses us all, the suffering, the rage, the passion. And when I work with women inside, I, I feel all that, like the story that you just played, the story I did. And so I found the way that, well, I, I thought that I could use a Greek myth as a way to, um, to, to bring in 
the story where each one of us matter, you know, the, the individual, the hero, the, you know, um, uh, the, the, the passion of women. I just found out that Pandora, another one of my favorite characters, was really a goddess. And the guys were kind of getting mad at her, the other Greek gods, because she was like talking stuff. And so they made the history has made her out to be a, a, a bad thing, but uh, but everybody kind of got freaked out because Pandora was hanging with the boys and tell, talking her truths. It's something I just found out. So I love that idea that the Greek myths, the, you know, uh, the uh, all of the myths, the African myths, uh, the myths from the West Indies, uh, you know, they're all you know they all speak to the human condition. Yeah. Well, in fact, I was struck uh, by, we, we just heard a cut from that performance, that amazing performance you did about a woman who smothered her own baby uh, and mm -hmm. uh, did so in great part because she wanted to punish the man who left her, who got her hooked on crack cocaine. I mean, these stories right. are, are just heartrending stories. And then you get into talking about Persephone and Demeter and the, the rape uh, by Hades from the underworld and, to, and link it to Chanel Miller uh, being assaulted by Brock yeah. Turner at Stanford. I mean, these kind of connections between myth and the everyday life and the stories that you heard and the stories that you want to bring to us is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, uh, and uh, I, I just have to give you a nod that you have given me a forum <laughs> in my career to to speak to the city at large, to the country at large. Yes, I just think it's um, the uh, I, I think right now it's an amazing time to be alive, given the pandemic. But the sheltering alone for me has been an extraordinarily a gift to be in my head, to be with my books, to be with my my life, you know, to be on a Zoom with the with the Medea project. It has been such a gift right now, all of these things. Some of them are dark. Some of them are incredibly scintillating. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time to be alive. It really is. It's a scary time for many, too, of course. But your yeah. business, you've always been in the business of saving lives. And uh, that's some people I trying to so. do that in this pandemic uh, certainly regard uh, or, or should get our highest regard. In fact, I was wondering about... Uh, just if you could talk a bit about tell, the importance of telling stories. Uh, I mean, it, it really does save lives, doesn't it? Yes, and, I, and what I've learned, in, just as, a, as an individual in the world traveling a lot, sitting in an airport, you start, you start a, a conversation with somebody, and you start to hear their story, and they start to hear your story, and you both leave changed about the culture, about the race, about, you know, about the person that you were just engaged. It changes your relationship to, to people and to the world when we share our stories, when we talk about where we have come from. And stories are as old as time, you know, sitting around sharing stories as a, a panacea, as, a, as a moral lessons, as religion. I mean, I came from a family where my grandmother, that's how she, that's how she guided us with stories. I mean, I, I first heard even about uh, Grimm's fairy tales from my grandmother. I heard, uh, I heard about Uncle Ramus from my grandmother long before Disney. And they were all, they were all about caution, and they were all about um, uh, uh, teaching us something about how to move through the world or what was going on in the world. So I've been hearing stories all my life, you know, yeah. And now you're putting forth your own personal story, which is pretty compelling. I mean, uh, not only one of 11 children, um, another famous uh, yeah. sibling, Bill T. Jones, uh, a choreographer, yeah. but also um, and dancer. But you've also uh, talked about when you're talking about your grandmother, uh, talk about your mother, 19 pregnancies, uh, 
to yeah. bringing children crying into the world. Um, I mean, yeah. and dirt farmers, uh, black dirt farmers, which uh, up in, in upper state New York, uh, which is a story in itself uh, that people often don't hear. Yes, and, and uh, it's interesting, again, when you think about immigration, and uh, and I think about the, the, the folks that are working the fields, and I have such an incredible connection to them, you know, being even, even before we were dirt farmers, we were migrants, and we moved around. And uh, it, But it's all so much a part of the great American uh, landscape, isn't it? It's, uh, I feel so much a part of this. I mean, all of us do. I hope people do. But I feel through theater, I've made a real connection with, uh, you know, it's like Theodore Dreiser and his, his writings about the American story, uh, John Steinbeck. And I feel such a part of that. And it's been so healing for me in a lot of ways. And hopefully when I share with other people, it leaves them a, a little bit better, you know, um, or, or at least feeling better. A healing is a, is a tricky thing, but I hope that as a storyteller, as an artist, as an artist activist, that it's all about us reaching out to, to uh, make space for other people and to, especially now, uh, just, uh, you know, the whole idea of, um, Black Lives Matter, you know, here we are with that craziness that happened in D.C. The world has turned upside down, and we all we can do is hold each other's hand in a lot of ways. Yeah, if we can, you know. We're talking with Rodessa Jones, actress, singer, writer, and co-artistic director of Cultural Odyssey and founder and director of the Medea Project, theater for incarcerated women. And uh, that began back in 1984 when she was asked to lead an exercise class in a county jail in San Francisco. And it's been the rest is history, as they say. And she's worked with yeah. so many who have uh, suffered with HIV and AIDS and uh, has done extraordinary work. Uh, I've always admired you and admired your work. And I want to say that publicly as I come uh, toward the end of uh, at least uh, this serving as a host on forum. I also want to ask you about Amanda Gorman, uh, this 22-year-old phenomenon who oh. gave, stood up and gave that, uh, you, I know you've talked about it publicly, uh, the poem that she yeah. delivered and uh, the hill we climb. And it was a lot of faith in democracy, a lot of faith in the country and hope in the country. It was really uplifting. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that it was, it was right on time in so many ways that she was invited to do it, given that, you know, uh, uh, President Biden's uh, uh, platform. He speaks a lot about unity and us coming together and appreciating the fact that we're neighbors. It's about peace. It's about caring for each other. And then young people, young people with the bat, a lot like Barack Obama in, in favor of Biden, either with Biden or uh, Sanders. And I think that for, uh, for a lot of the Sanders people, they came over to Biden's campaign. So I thought it was very, 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 very smart that it was a young African-American woman too, you know, the the black woman is God, you know, you know, we, we're coming to grips with that. But I really think that when I when I saw this beautiful young girl and and uh, her ability to pull a point together, the child of a single parent, another great American story. And she was so eloquent. And I hear that Oprah Winfrey actually gave her a pair of uh, Maya Angelou's earrings. So she was wearing Maya's earrings. Uh, and when she, and remember, Maya did was it Bill Clinton that yes. Maya did uh, um, did the piece, and it's such an, a it's a great legacy. It's it just was the, uh, and she delivered the poem at the Clinton inauguration. Uh, Maya Angelou yes, did. Yeah, Maya did. Uh, you, know, and, you think this is a time for unity, Rodessa? Does that message resonate with you? Yeah. Well, it's well, it's either that or we all perish. 
you know, yeah, yeah. And I, God bless our children. God bless the young. You know, I tell them often that I, I went to the first war moratorium uh, in Washington, and uh, I'm, I'm 73 years old now. So I can't be out in the streets, but I'm with them. And, uh, and the, our children, they are largely woke. Yes. We will. We are, we're going to get there. It's going to be a a lot of work, but this democracy building this country has always been a lot of work, and it's it's totally an unfinished um, uh, uh, anthem to ourselves and to the world. But yes, yes, I really believe that we're moving towards unity. It's going. There's going to be, as my grandmother would say, blood is going to run down the street like water, you know. And uh, she used to say, you know, I won't live to see it. My grandmother didn't live to see it, but she said, you know, blood will run down the streets like water. Uh, father will be against son, uh, mother against daughter, and a woman will come running to say to her sister, behold, today I saw a man, girl. I saw a man. Now, I've heard that my whole life, and as I get older, it starts to make sense to me. But to your, to your question, yes, unity, uh, or we will all perish. And I don't think that that's going to happen. That's um the uh, the great American spirit is a lot. The great American character, you know, uh, death will have to pause. And for, let me remind for, listeners that this is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. And for more information about how to support KQED, simply go to kqed.org. I'm Michael Krasny. Again, we're talking with Rodessa Jones. Uh, Rodessa Jones, uh, uh, performer, artist, uh, social activist, uh, has worn so many hats, uh, actress and singer and writer. And uh, I want to ask you about your client. We talked with Jerry Brown in the last segment. I want to ask you about your climate change play. Tell us about it. Oh, at Cornell. I, uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, the Frank Rhodes chair at Cornell for the last three years. And I'm so fabulous. They're going to give me another year. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, asked to come in, and, and through the theater department, Sarah Warner, who had come out to San Francisco many years ago and worked with the Madea Project, and in part earned her Ph.D. working with us. But she's, uh, she's actually, uh, she heads uh, a, a theater program, uh, the LBGT program now at uh, um, Cornell. But I was asked to come in and play a 100-year-old activist. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you knew, I learned a lot about Ithaca, New York, and all the waterfalls and, uh, and, and the, the uh, physical climate changes that Ithaca has gone through over the years. And it was an incredibly um, uh, insightful look at climate change and where we're going and, uh, and how are we going to be mindful of our duty to, as, uh, uh, you know, we are, we are here to, to take care of the planet. And, and my character was this woman who had seen so much already about um, what was possible and what, it, what we'd already lost. And now uh, she is like, she is actually, she moves with two spirits, one light and one dark. And that was the, my character in the play. And she would show up at instances and make comments about what had just, been, what had just happened or a conference or a parent-teacher meeting about children and climate and uh, what was important. So it was an interesting uh, uh, piece to, to do. And I kind of arrived, and they said, oh, you're going to be the 100-year-old activist. And I thought, well, that's what <laughs> Somebody it, knows already. Yeah. And since you mentioned activism and being in Ithaca, I know you're working, you've been working in a men's prison near there, uh, which yeah. m- must be well, fascinating all these, all these with all the 
women that you've worked with. And I want to read a comment from, get your response from a listener named Patricia, if I could, Rodessa. She writes, I'd love to see Rodessa develop a curriculum for students and teachers or produce lessons or videos for kids. Kids need healthy and fun engagement now. They are under tremendous pressure and districts are demanding teachers do standardized testing now. Are they kidding? These kids need fun and healthy engagement. I agree. But, you know, I, uh, it's interesting that, uh, that uh, thank, uh, thank you to the person who sent this in. Right now, Cornell University, uh, Bruce Levitt, who is the head of uh, the, he is, he is a professor there, but he also has the Phoenix players who are situated at Auburn State Prison. And uh, I, I've gone the last two years, I've gone out to this prison with him. And uh, we, are, we are working on a national, uh, well, Kellogg's, uh, Kellogg's uh, has uh, has offered an initiative, twenty million dollars actually, across the world, looking for ideas around prison reform. And we're thinking about how do we how do we gather teachers? How do we gather starting with the third grade to look at race and culture in this country? How do we gather teachers? How do we gather social workers? How do we gather the grandparents, the, the caretakers of these children? How do we maybe, if we, if we receive this money, uh, we want to be able to bring them to Cornell every year for a, uh, every year for a, uh, a month to examine a teacher's relationship to her students. Does she understand who they are? You know, and especially little black boys, little brown boys who can get, uh, they get uh, shoved aside so early. And it usually starts in third grade. So we're working on an initiative that would include uh, bringing children to the center of the story and also having the ex-offenders uh, play a major part with teachers and with, with social workers and with, uh, you know, with uh, um, uh, the grandparents to, to uh, in, infuse other ideas about how we move forward with our children. That, there's so much information out there. And at the same time, I think the children really need to have fun. And they are so resilient. You know, I'm a great-grandmother now. I, I know. Have... That's unbelievable. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> what, what, art does, uh, what art does America, we got seconds left there. I just want to find out your thoughts about what art America needs right now as you see it. We need, I was listening to Kahindi Wiley last night. We need more light. We need uh, uh, um, a larger um, uh, landscape that includes more of us. We need painting that speaks to flowers and love and movement. And so it's, I think it's visual arts are really important. And I think the storyteller is very important, that the storyteller is back to the front, of, uh, uh, front and center. Um, a dance is always important, but we must not resort to art for art's sake. It must be rooted in change. It must be rooted in uh, changing us all, an attempt to uh, uh, educate us uh, about each other. So I think the arts will be, I, I want more performing arts, and I want lively, vivid uh, uh, visual arts coming from places that we don't use, like from the hip-hop uh, uh, generations, from even our smaller children, because they get so much information and with a little bit of care. One of the women in my group Odessa, we're flat out of time here. I'm sorry to say, uh, it's, there's never enough time with you. Uh, hey. But we have to say goodbye. Appreciate so much the work you've done, and appreciate your being with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks so much. That's Odessa Jones, and for all of us here at KQED Public Radio, please stay safe. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Krasny.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.